Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff. I'm your other host, Jake. And today we have a special guest, our friend, our colleague, our Harry Potter nerd, Megan. Hey, what's up? Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. So we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to Harry Potter because we love Harry Potter. Way too much. <laughs> you like it a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm, it's a bit much. And Megan and I were talking a little bit earlier about how we might be a little intimidated. Just a what? little. No. Dude, you like rock bracelets that are like Harry Potter quotes. <laughs> oh, well, by the way, Tucker chewed those off my wrists. Oh, so no. they're they're broken. Well, you better love that dog more it was than Harry literally, Potter. It was literally the best, like lines from the entire book you never did you ever read what they said i think once a long time ago okay so there are two bracelets and one said um um you'll you'll um <clears throat> wait i can't even remember what they said anymore <laughs> oh it was the best line <laughs> no it's like well i uh, you'll stay with me and then the other other bracelet said until the very end that's where harry has like used the resurrection stone at the, in the seventh book right before he goes into the forbidden forest right and then he says to his He's really nervous, and, he's, and he has you well, know, James everyone. and Lily yeah. and Lupin and uh, Sirius with him, and mm-hmm. he looks at James and says, you'll stay with me, and then James replies until the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just a really powerful passage. Okay. One of my favorite moments. A lot of time we do introduction of kind of our guests and who they are and who they are to us, and um, I think it's I think it's you should share that we went to school together with you. Um and maybe talk about your major, your minor, and maybe why and how you chose those. Okay, so Jake and I actually have the same degree, um, a major in history, minor in political science. Um, and I chose those because I took uh, AP classes in high school, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I love this stuff. This mm-hmm. is so cool. And one of them was comparative politics and that was my favorite class that I'd taken ever so I came into WSU and I was like you know uh, I'm undecided I don't know what I'm gonna do but I really like history and I really like political science and I'd taken a couple of AP classes and my advisor was like well you know there's this 400 level political science class you know you could probably take it you know I'm a freshman I'm 18 I just came out of high (laughs) school was this Welchel no this was um in my undergrad, like, so it was before, not undergrad, but it was like before you de- you declare a major. So it was okay. like just general advising. Oh. And um, thank goodness I actually did really well in the class, but I don't know how because yeah. it was which, so which intense. I think you said that was psychology of okay, war. Okay, yeah, you told me about that at the yeah. uh, history uh, history barbecue. Mm-hmm. That so, was a fun class. And that was the, one of the first classes that I ever took in college ever. And it was 400 level psychology of war, political science class. I loved it, it mm-hmm. was amazing. But it was very hard. That's such an intimidating class to take as a freshman. And I was the youngest person in that room. I am sure of it. Jeez, no way. Because <laughs> yeah. I was eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So did you? S- you went straight from high school to WSU? I did. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Jake and I both went to Clark, and we've been going to school for like seventeen years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a long. It was a long process yeah, for both of us. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm um, significantly younger than you guys. Yeah. yeah. How old are you? 22. You're only 22? Yes, dude. I wow. I, when I was talking to her on Tuesday, I was like, yeah, we had uh, Clay on last week. He's super young. She's like, how old? I was like, 21. She's like, I'm 22. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just assumed like everybody was like transfer students because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. how, like most of the people were. Right. Mm-hmm. Other than like Matt, like Matt's super, like he's 23. Yeah. Yeah. But 
Why'd you choose WSU? Did you always know that you wanted to go there? Um, I no, I wanted to go. I almost went to Linfield College out mm. in McMinnville, mm-hmm. but it's crazy expensive mm-hmm. and really far away. And I am a little wimp and didn't want to leave my parents, <laughs> so <laughs> I stayed home. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. It's the best choice I've made, I think. I um, think so too. It's I a great it. school. Yeah. Fantastic and campus. Yeah. Yeah. Saved a lot of fun. money. So. Um. You and I were both history club officers last year. Yeah. And we won club of the year. I came to meetings. Yeah, you were like (laughs) the most frequent member. It was awesome. And I Um, barely edged out the trivia, (laughs) the yearly trivia game. You won though, didn't you? A quarter of a point at the end. A quarter of a point. It was impressive. Only because the the girl that the girl that was ahead didn't show up (laughs) for the last one. I won by default. Yeah, that's a good way to win. Although I did I did miss one, so. When every time you miss, I'm like, dude, you're like about to lose it all. Yeah. You know? She was really good. Yeah. What was her name? Bianca. Bianca. That's right. Yeah. She, she, she a history YouTube. major? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever had, I don't think I've had classes with her. Maybe I have. Yeah. I don't I mean I don't talk <laughs> to a lot of people, but <laughs> don't talk to anybody. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um okay, so you sent Megan and I some questions to think about. Yes. What do you got? So we're going to focus this um, whole episode on Harry Potter and what, you know, the, what the books, you know, what the books mean to us or just certain things about, about the whole, just in general, just I want to have a general kind of open discussion about mm-hmm. the books because the books mean so much to me. They were really like the first books I ever read by myself um, and just a lot of fond memories mm-hmm. with them. I've reread them countless, countless times. How many times do you think you've read through all seven? Well, I've read certain books more than others, but oh, it, but weird. if but if you <laughs> <laughs> but if what? I, Why would you do such a thing? I'm weird. He is weird. <laughs> it's like not okay. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm such. I will say this though. I did not. You know how I'm, I'm such a weirdo about spoilers. Yeah. I did not. I did not look um, look up the ending to. Well, yeah, but that was prior to how I met your mother. Yes. That, okay. Yes, that's a good point. I know. Yeah. I wanted to though. It was so hard. Not to read. Not to figure out if Harry died at the end. Oh. I just, Spoilers, yeah. Harry dies at the end. <laughs> what? All right. Yeah. So I think we'll just get right into it. I'll okay. start with the f- this first question I said. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, we were all drawn to these books f- for a reason, I think. If, if you're really into Harry Potter, you've reread them multiple times. And I said, I, and I, I love hearing about what others people think, you know, what other people think about the books and how they're personally connected with the material. My first question is, what do these books mean to you? And what uh, what is it about this story slash universe that is special to you? I'm going to toss it over to our guest, Megan. All right. So this par- partially probably because I'm younger than you guys will be one impact on this. But I started reading these books in second grade. Um, they oh were the God. first books that I read. <laughs> so that was right when they were coming out. And I read through, at that point, only one through five were out by the time I finished those. Mm-hmm. And I read through them all myself once. And then I was a huge reader at that time. Mm. But those were my favorites. Um, And then I read them out loud to my brother, Mm -hmm. one through five. And then I read them again to myself um, because the sixth one was going to come out. Mm -hmm. So I had to reread them. And then I don't remember if I read them again before the seventh came out. But I do remember just sitting, waiting. I I can't remember how old I was when Mm -hmm. the seventh one came out. But... 
my cousin got it three hours before I did and we were driving to the beach together and we're sitting in the back of this car and it's an expedition so there's three rows mm -hmm. we're both sitting in the back we got to the beach and I stayed in the seat and I did not get out <laughs> of the car until I finished the book yeah yeah um because she had already finished it a couple oh. hours because she got it earlier mm. and she had asked me I remember at one point she's like did you get to the part where this happened yet and I oh. hadn't and I was so mad at her Oh, that's yeah. that's so dirty. Oh <laughs> so, no! Yeah, so, yeah, I love that. And you, everybody can everybody can kind of recite where they were. Right, they've read certain parts For of the book, sure. or like you know when they've gotten to the end of one you know, one of the books that yeah. are really good. I got it's crazy. You read them when you were in the second grade. My mom started reading. My mom read them to me until I was in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, middle school. Yeah, my mom read them out. My, the first time I got through them, like the first five books, my mom read them to me. Dude, I kind of want to read them to you. And I was older <laughs> than Megan. So. Oh my! Yeah, that gosh. was a bit embarrassing. When I first, when my mom first started reading them to me, I was in the third grade, and only books one through three had been out right. at mm -hmm. that point. So what I was thinking when you were saying that was, so sometimes in those books, there it gets pretty intense. So was there any point? When you're younger, where you're like, whoa, this is getting a little like extreme or not necessarily afraid. I mean, you could have been afraid. I don't yeah. know. But where you're reading it and you're just like, what is happening? Not that I remember um, specifically. Yeah. I do remember like getting to the sixth and seventh books and being like, OK, we're a lot more serious now. Like oh, these okay. books are getting a lot darker. Like I recognize that. But I was older then. For too. sure. For sure. You know, that was like the end of elementary school and middle school. Mm -hmm. I do remember reading them to when I read them to my brother and mm -hmm. he just didn't always understand mm -hmm. those parts because my brother's three years younger than right. me. So because I think four with the death of Cedric, that's kind yeah. of where it turns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa. But we're not in Kansas anymore. Right. Yeah. It's a different story. It's a different, you know, path we're on. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder because Rowling didn't know that she would, if there was going to be continual, like a next book. Right. Through prisoners. For sure. So, uh, and then Goblet of Fire is where, like, you can definitely tell that there's a, like, connect more of a connected storyline from four to seven than there are from one to three. Yeah. And I think that's might be where she's like, okay, I can I can get a little darker, right, you know, now mm -hmm. because I don't have to worry about necessarily picking up, you know, having to cater maybe to a particular audience or right. being labeled as too dark for a kid's book and being worried about not being able to get a license or a yeah. publication deal for, you know, going forward. I don't know. Maybe that I have no idea. That's well, just speculation. And so with that, so do the, I know the movies, they all, every single time at the end of a movie, it's the three of them together and they're like, we're going to be all right, right? The books kind of end that way too, don't they? Maybe at least for the first three mm -hmm. with a kind of a closure at the end of them. Yeah, he they get home on the Hard, hard Works Express. Harry goes back to the Dursleys. Right. And just kind of everything's tight, tidy up with a bow. Right. In the fourth book, it's everything is like it's a completely it's completely open. Right. Right. There's so many, you know, threads. So maybe left. Right What's going to happen next? Right. Because, exactly. You know. So why? I want to I want to I want to focus on that part of like, why do you think the stories are special to you? Part of it is this nostalgia of this was the first books that I really read mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. going through that experience and just getting stuck up in a book and what made me kind of fall in love with reading. Mm -hmm. um, but also part of it is I just really like how friendship focused these this story mm -hmm. is and how it's not always about, you know, uh, 
virtue it is about virtue but it's very right. friendship focused right. and just creating like meaningful relationships hmm. and I, I mean it's that's kind of reading a little deeper into no, it obviously but i really that's, that's think fantastic. that that's yeah. very what i like most about these is just having those positive friendships is right. showing how important that is what about you for me it's i think it's it, the, the nostalgia obviously is a lot a lot to do with it yeah. but i think it's it's those really powerful moments mm-hmm. in the book where you can almost you can look back now i can look back and, and remember how i you know how i felt right when a certain really powerful scene had happened mm-hmm. and it's just you know bringing back those emo- like almost kind of recalling For those sure. emotions it really ah. kind of helps drive my love to keep reading about the yeah. you know keep going back and rereading them and um trying to th- my my one um if I always like it's kind of I don't know if it's cliche or not, mm-hmm. but if I was given a, a wish, mm-hmm. oh, this I mean this was actually a, a quote, but it's it, it was if I had one wish, it would be to read my favorite book again as if I had never read it before. Right, and I think <laughs> I I would love to be able to reread the seventh book Oof. for the first time. Yeah, again. Yeah, yes. how great that would be because right. there's there's so many feels. Yeah, in that in that for book. Sure. I think about so I got into these books because my grandma read them and. I'm older than you guys, so I was a little older when I first started reading them. Um, So as we know with me historically, I wasn't a great student. Um, So I would spend, I would read these books all night long and not go to school the next day because I would just spend (laughs) them the night reading. And I remember the first one, finishing the first one and uh, just getting one step closer to finding out what happens at the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I was up on my couch in my living room. Everyone in my house is asleep. It's like 3 a.m. And I just kept going. I just kept reading. And my mom was like, she came out, woke up and was like, what are you doing? I was like, <laughs> I can't stop. Like, I can't stop now. Um, so, but I think you and I had a conversation, Jake, about you. I think you've asked me this before. Like, what do you like about the books or why is it special to you? And I, I named some characters that I think really mean a lot to me. Okay. And you had pointed out that what I like about these books is the history of them. Which makes sense. Here. So history the history history. aspect of them. So pre-Harry Potter are the parts of the story that I like. The James and Lily, the mm. Sirius, the... Lupin, um, Dumbledore, and Grindelwald, and obviously we don't get to those parts until more until later. But any, even in the first books, I was telling Jake when we were talking about this, um, any mention of James and Lily, I Im- I immediately gravitated towards like, oh, tell me more about, because it's great that Harry's there, but, and it's obviously about Harry, but I'm so mu- so interested in how we got here. Yeah. So any any little bit of information he got about. Even Dumbledore and just like even the movie, I mean, in, in the book too. But when you start off with um, Dumbledore and uh, Minerva dropping, oh, and Hagrid dropping mm-hmm. Harry o- Potter off, that immediately sets me into like, I want to know more about this. Like, how, okay, that's great that we're dropping him off, but why? So yeah. I think the history part of it is what really kind of suckered me into it. Do you think that might have been somewhat of a, uh, as someone who really likes the history of uh, of the of the books, do you th- think at all like uh, Rowling could have done more with that? Because I think a lot of like the the lore of even prior to James and Lily, mm-hmm. like I'm like you know way like mm-hmm. Hogwarts founding, right. they don't really get into 
that much about right. the found, you know, the founders of Hogwarts or even, you know, wizarding outside of England. Right. And a lot of, I mean, you know, we know about Bo Battens right. and um, Durmstrang, but it's, I don't know. Do you think at all she could have done a better, done a better job with that or just maybe not have had room? It would be nice to have like another, uh, almost have a book come out. I know there's Pottermore. Right. And there is a lot of this kind of yeah. that gets fleshed out. I, th- I would like another book, not The Cursed Child. Yeah. Which is kind of like, um, uh, what's that? In the gosh, I wish Connor was here for this because he's such a Lord of the Rings uh, nerd. Fan fiction? No, what's that? It's it's the how Middle Earth formed. Oh. You know which? You know what book that is? Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien wrote like a book about how the for- forming of Middle Earth. Okay, I think it'd be cool to have that for Harry for right. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, as far as the history, I kind of like that she doesn't go into it. Okay. Because especially early on, um, because I think it's that for me, that was the great mystery. Um, Obviously, you're going to dive into more of like who Harry is and finding out who Harry is. But the history of how we got here throughout is kind of strung throughout all of the books. And the further you go into the books, the more fleshed out and developed that story gets. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you read them all and you remember back on book one, when a, B, or C was mentioned, and you know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. I, no, I would say no, I don't want more. Obviously, I want more, and like you said, I could go to Pottermore and find out more about A, B, or C, but in the books, it's always the it's always exciting for me, even when I go back and read them in sequential order, like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, what, okay, what is weird about it? If they're all out, you need to read them all in a row. For sure. You don't just skip to, like, number four and then, no. Yeah, all right. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just when I have, like, when I have, like, this, like, call to want to read a particular part of a book, so I'll just pick up that book and read it. Mm, yeah, I was like, I want to read about the, you know, the Triwizard Tournament. So I'll pick up and I'll read read book four. Okay. I could get that. I've never yeah, done that. I, I'm not, I don't know if that's the justification, but that's my excuse yeah. anyway. Well, with the history thing, so then which was your favorite seven? Because that's like entirely about Probably. the Probably. I think story. seven. Um, you know. But I don't know if we want to jump ahead. I'm not meaning to jump ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. No, it's that question is going to force me to jump ahead because... Um, so, yes, I do like seven because you get a lot of clarification and you even get information about the three brothers and you get more about um the deathly hollows altogether in the history with those but um i really like so i like that one because of the history aspect but you do have i love when sirius and harry interact and meet and clarify that relationship and you realize that that's his godfather that right there i think is the biggest historical moment for me Mm. because that's where you're starting to realize that there is this whole world and life because you know harry's parents died you know that they were kind of a big deal in dumbledore's army prior or the the order Mm um and but when you realize that Sirius genuinely cares for Harry, whether it's because of James and Lily or because it's Harry. Um, I think that that moment is when you, for me, when I see the history starting to develop. And I think, I think 
Sirius is my favorite character. <laughs> so that was a big deal for me. Um, but like I said, yes, I love Seven, but the little tidbits throughout that yeah. develop the history is, is what I love. And you must have really liked six book six then when they were taking the trips into the pensieve and seeing yeah. how riddle oh, like yeah. riddle, i love it riddle cool. came about the objects that he used for the horcruxes mm-hmm. my oh, favorite I, I, this, as much as i like the moments in the seventh book the sixth book is by far my favorite oh. that's when that starts i think that's the darkest of the books right yes. yeah by far Definitely. yeah i wrote down one of the answers and it mm-hmm. comes from six and all right, really I think fun. we've kind of <laughs> done a good job with that one let's uh move on to two. Oh, two is the answer to that question that i was going to say what Go ahead your, and ask what, it. What are your uh, so question two? Uh, what are your favorite moments from the books? Were there any specific passages that made you stop and close the book first? You know, for a split second or for a day or whatever, or or brought about strong emotion? Me? Yeah. I'll okay. We, we've been deferring to Megan. We'll go yeah. with you first. Um. So, what I wrote down were moments with Sirius and Harry mm-hmm. are my favorite. Um. Because there is. Like I said, whether it's because of James and Lily or because it's actually Harry, I like that you finally have a figure that is consistent and genuinely cares. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um, another so two other examples I wrote were um, strong emotions were the death of Dumbledore. You and I talked about yeah. this the other day. Um, just the fact that he. Harry has the cloak on him and he's stunned not to move and he has to sit there and watch Dumbledore die without being able to do anything. I think is probably, I think one of the biggest moments in the book for me, books for me. Well, not only that is like Dumbledore stunned, you know, is put that body bind curse on Harry to, to save Harry or to set this whole thing up. Right. And you know, Harry doesn't know any of this, Yeah, but you know, Dumbledore basically sacrifices himself there instead of instead of you know using a seal, shield charm on Malfoy mm-hmm. coming through the door. He hits Harry with a full body bind curse. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's like adds a whole other layer right. to to that to that particular mo- moment. And I think the most significant um, point in the books is when it's the entire cave scene, but more specifically when Dumbledore drinks the poison and Harry has to be strong for him. And he's screaming out in terror and Harry wants to help him but can't. I don't think I realized how crazy that particular scene was going to be. Right. Like when when it's it's about to begin and Dumbledore, you kind of get the sense through Rowling's writing that, you know, Dumbledore's alluding that this is going to be really bad. Right. But you're kind of in the, and you're in the perspective of Harry that you're kind of, you know naive to the whole thing you don't mm-hmm. really think it's going to be that bad and all of a sudden it's like oh shit like yeah. this is real like yeah. you know Dumbledore who's just been the stalwart through the entire series is now like on all fours right yeah that's that is a crazy scene yeah. I, I didn't really think about that one but yeah yeah that that's nuts. that's one of my favorites it's one of the darkest but yeah. it's I think you see I think you see a vulnerability in Dumbledore that isn't explained until later um, but also you see a strength in Harry that maybe for me, at least I hadn't seen before. You see him be strong in the graveyard. You see him be strong, obviously at these big points throughout the first few books. Mm-hmm. But I think because of his admiration for Dumbledore and to have to be that way in that moment for him, mm-hmm. for me was, 
I don't know. That's a big deal to me, I think, in that part. Yeah. And that's all I got for those. Great. What about you, Megan? I think some of my favorite moments are that developing that relationship and figuring out who Snape is. Where is he on this side of the story? So, you know, kind of beginning with Prisoner of Azkaban, but mostly in the Half-Blood Prince is where you see it the Mm -hmm. most. And then um, further into there, just those moments where you have to question, you know, whose side is he on? And I really like that. You know, mm-hmm. the this mystery of are you going to trust that these little bits that you've seen that seem like he's trying to protect Harry or is those what they really is true or is what's true what he's doing on this other side? You know, right. it's this, mm. he's om- he, at times he seems like a double agent. At times he seems like a triple agent. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, <laughs> wait a minute. No, he's being honest. Like, who who is this guy? Yeah, and then yeah. figuring out, you know, what really is behind all that eventually. And that actually was going to say is one of the passages that made me stop and close the book and was so emotional for me is is his death yeah mm-hmm. for that sure. was that shook me yeah I, I couldn't take it i don't honestly think now that you say that maybe i did too and not only closed the book but read it over a few times like did this really just happen yeah and what am we how am i supposed to understand this yeah yeah or when yeah. harry goes through the tears to get the explanation i think that's what i read through a few more right. times well yeah then he you know he takes it back to the pensieve and mm-hmm. yeah gosh i'm just i'm getting emotional even it's thinking like chills, about that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that is a rough yeah. and seeing his dad broken down as not like this perfect guy right. and i think that's one part i like of it too is like him having to accept that his parents aren't perfect right and then also recognize that snape was protecting him mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. well and then and then knowing throughout the end at least from the order of the phoenix onward that snape was like the best at mind games in the entire book yeah mm-hmm. so it, it it adds another layer to right. kind of that confusing of like where does he you know where does he sit yeah i definitely get that this snape's story arc is so well written yeah in yeah. the books i was thinking about it before you guys came over i like the idea of him as a death eater until lily dies and like that's the point where he is. I mean, is that mm-hmm. how you interpret it? No. So, oh right. He became a Death Eater to protect Lily. Is that why? Right. No, no? I, he was he he was part of the Death Eaters, and then when Voldemort killed, well, no, when Voldemort. Snape Snape found out that he was going to, after the Potters, yeah. that's when that's yeah. when Snape's switched. That's what I switched. thought. Because you see in both in two different pensive visions, mm-hmm. one That's where right. Snape's pleading with Dumbledore and telling him, and then Dumbledore try you know it's too late at that point, right? And then flash forward, Snape basically crying and telling Dumbledore he will do anything, and Dumbledore looking at him like he's just you know piece of crap, right? And yeah, and then had to completely like you know homage himself yeah. to to the new cause. This and and then once you figure out how good of a person he like he was to Harry, who Snape. Well, not a good person, okay. but in terms of p- protecting him, <laughs> like he was yeah. a jerk. Yeah, but, but you, you, um, you start to like in the in the fourth book, right? When Harry gets out of the, you know, gets back from the graveyard, yeah, and everybody's trying to figure out what happened, and he's in the hospital wing, mm-hmm. and Snape, sh- you know, shows up. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore takes one look at Snape and says, "You know what you have to do." And Snape turns and leaves, and you don't know where Snape is. You kind of know where Snape's going, right? But think yeah. about like how S- Snape didn't even question. Like he was putting himself literally in the most danger 
and he's he just doesn't without without question turns and walks out. But yeah. that's what I mean. So in the beginning, he's this Death Eater, and because of everything that happened with Lily, that's a great example of from that moment on, it doesn't matter. He's going to turn on a dime and do what needs to be done mm-hmm. because of the promise he made, but also because of how much he cared for Lily. Yeah, and then how mad he was like, at Dumbledore when he thought Dumbledore was only using Harry basically as like a sacrificial mm-hmm. lamb. Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah. loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because you want to think that Dumbledore is the one that's looking out for Harry's best interest, but then you're like, wait a minute. You question it mm-hmm. in that moment. And then it starts. you start to think like, wait, does Snape care more? Yeah, who cares more? Right. Yeah. Who do you think? So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it is super so good. good. So good. So for me, the like the I'll just say like what particular moment brought out like the most emotion for me as a reader of the entire series, and that's when um, Harry comes back from that dream like state, but they still th- all the Death Eaters still think he's dead yeah. in the seventh when in the in the uh, Forbidden Forest, mm-hmm. and Hagrid's carrying him back through the woods, and the Death Eaters are approaching the castle, and when they break the trees and all of the fighters at the Battle of Hogwarts come out of the Great Hall mm-hmm. and Harry is describing everything he's hearing because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to open his eyes yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, I, I, I heard, you know, Hermione scream. And he's like, I never no, I never heard McGonagall make a noise like that. Right. And just like those like that description, mm-hmm. like and how much Harry meant to those people mm-hmm. too at the same time and then they think he's dead and like i don't know like just that that l- that little snapshot right. for me was like the most powerful i think that was too mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the only place i, cl- I closed the book twice mm-hmm. both in the seventh both in the seventh one is when f- when fred weasley died and mm-hmm. then um when i thought harry was dead when um he had you know basically <laughs> like when it said voldemort you know smiles and then harry sees a flash of green light and then that chapter ends yeah and i'm like oh my gosh You're they like, just I'm killed done. him yeah i just closed it and i was like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> <clears throat> so i think that uh hash anything else on that one are we good no i have some answers oh. for the other questions i'm excited to get to okay so <laughs> we'll move on to three uh the movie adaptations were required or chose to diverge from source material in many ways throughout the series. Which do you think were the most noticeable? And how do you think they changed the overall story in the movie? So we'll s- you want to start with that one, Megan? Oh, she, I can start. Um, well, I just finished listening to the seventh one most recently because I've been listening instead of reading due to traffic <laughs> <laughs> that I was stuck in. Um, so honestly that was where i noticed the largest in things there is there's just so much more backstory history details to what's actually happening and explanation to everything than there they include in the movies even though they switched them into two movies yeah and they still mm-hmm. just it's missing and i know that when you a lot of people's complaints who only watch the movies is the first one is so slow and it's but there's so many more details that they yeah, they didn't yeah. even have. So, it, I mean, that's where it's most noticeable to me. But obviously, there's huge discrepancies other places as well. Definitely. When did you when did you finish it? The seventh one, most recently. Yeah. Oh, it was like September. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't read them since. Have then. you watched the movies since then? Uh, no. Oh, because one thing that Jake and I talked about recently was the final battle. Yeah. And how that's just. N- like, I know. Ugh. Yeah, that was the other one. When I'm I'm listening to I'm like. 
because I had watched the movie a couple of weeks before, mm-hmm. and I'm finishing it. I'm like, what in the heck? This is so different. They're flying around and like yelling at each other. It made yeah. no sense. Yeah, it, they they it's like they attempted to try to make it more dramatic, right? And they made it like completely fall but flat. But it was the most powerful time no matter what yeah. right it was already powerful and dramatic mm-hmm. the way it was it was so good them circling each other right, right. in the yeah. great hall everybody's uh-huh. circling around and watching and you just harry describing how just everybody went quiet and s- formed a circle around him and then they start pacing each other and you know he's taunting riddle to kind of like repent repent he calling i know him some tom he's calling him tom time. he's yeah. like yeah. He, you know he's like Ugh. he's like now's your time to repent and keeps like alluding that he knows something that riddle doesn't oh. and it's just that whole build-up and you know riddle's getting ready and he's like keeps like that curse that is you know he could harry like you know it's written it's like in the book where you know harry is um it's like he's describing voldemort and he can like harry can feel the curse like building up inside of voldemort yes that yeah that was so good right. and they just ruined it <laughs> yeah i mean but that i think in the film would be so hard to it would to show but i mean so we know, I don't know, I guess in the movies you do know that Harry has to die for him to die. But it's not, it's just, they just don't go into it as much. Right. It's mm-hmm. just not as fleshed out. How does he die in the movie? Harry. Same way. Yeah. They yeah. fly around and then land and mm-hmm. then. Oh, no, Harry, no, Harry dies-ish yeah. when he walks into the Forbidden Forest. At night, right, and takes off the like lets the invisibility cloak walk right. fall down. Sacrifices and, right, right. himself. Sacrifices himself. When, what he was saying yeah. earlier with all the his parents. Right. So the flying around yeah. was after that. Yes. Yeah. When he was vulnerable and could when, die. So yeah. After so after he killed the Horcrux well, in him. Well, because Neville gets the sorting hat put on his head. Right. And lit on fire. Right. And that's when Neville like throws it off and rem- hold takes out a sc- uh, the sword of Godric Gryffindor yeah. and kills Nagini. Yeah. And then it whole. This whole big battle erupts, mm-hmm. and then Harry, you know, throws back on his invisibility cloak and starts, you know, trying to do as much as he can. And then he describes the whole battle inside the Great Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the movie, that's all outside. Right. Outside of the Great Hall. No, outside of the entrance. Like taking yeah. place throughout the entire grounds. Like, yeah. they're fly- they're like they're flying, and like there's a bridge that's in the movies that's never described in the yeah. <laughs> in the books, and mm-hmm. that bridge gets exploded, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know the whole yeah it was just bad. Yeah, I think a huge point, Megan. I kind of want to know how you feel about this because him and I have talked about this a lot. But um, in Goblet of Fire, when Harry's name comes out of the goblet. Does anything about that in the movie bother you? Wait. You know the movie? Yeah. Okay. So the question is comparing the movies to the right. books. Okay. So, Sorry. I was. Yeah. So Jake and I have real issue with the way that Dumbledore reacts. Oh, yes. Yes. To Harry. I know. Why do <laughs> so, you think that's an issue? So the fact that in the book he's just like. Uh, super calm about it and then in the movie he's like raging in Harry's face yeah. mm-hmm. that one yeah yeah oh. yeah I don't know why they chose to uh, to do that I don't see why that would be a change right. that's not a time constraint thing that's not a movie adaptation thing um, I think that one thing that that damages is your perception of the character of Dumbledore mm-hmm. yep. because Completely. the whole point Completely. is that I think that the reason he reacted that way was he knew it wasn't Harry. Right. In you the know, books? in the books, he yeah. knew it. W- 
he knew that. Well, he he put the curses on the goblet. Yeah, he so knew Harry couldn't no do way. that. Yeah. And whereas in the in the movie, I think that just ruins it for yeah. him. He gets all angry and confronts him and like pins him up against the wall. Like that's not Dumbledore. Yeah. yeah. No, not at all. And and it undermines this notion that Dumbledore has so much foresight and is this yes. super perceptive perceptive person and is not driven by emotion. Right. Yeah. And then that moment, even though it's it's so small in the you know, in the time frame of the movies or even the books, but it completely, yeah, as Megan said, completely changes, you know, the the really the the character of Dumbledore. Well, and now that I'm thinking about that scene, I think he like comes at him and is like yelling at him, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yo, Dumbledore, chill!" And then he's like, "Okay, I'm chill." But I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened, but I know that the other adults in the room are like yelling about to each other about how Harry did it. Well, I thought they were mad at Dumbledore. Oh, right. Weren't they angry towards him because they were like, he's trying to advantage his school? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, pretty sure they were confronting him about it. Oh, and right, right, right. And that's right. why that scene was really awkward. Yeah. And the scene was really awkward in the first place, but... Yeah. I think that that is the biggest one. That's the one I wrote down for mm-hmm. me, for the adaptation. Um, I can let a lot go as far as like tying it back to the source material, especially because a lot of it is pretty complex. You and I, Jake have talked about, um, goblet, but also prisoner. Mm -hmm. I think that prisoner and the time travel aspect, putting all of that into a movie, I think for what they did with the movie, I'm not mad at it, mad at it. Okay. But I think that that one moment with Dumbledore is, the one you have, Jake, you have gripes with the actor change. Um, well, like they couldn't help that. The right. guy that played Dumbledore died. Right, but I think and that I don't forgive the guy that plays Gandalf for not taking that role because they offered it to him oh. and he turned it down. He would have been a great Dumbledore. Yeah, because the guy they brought in just did not. It fell flat. The whole he didn't seem to embrace Harry at any particular time. He came mm-hmm. across incredibly cold. Mm-hmm. So, but the books weren't all written when he was making those movies. So I wonder how much the way he's acting and behaving is based on what J.K. Rowling is telling him. When he was making which movies? Whatever movies. He started in three. So he started in three, but at that six point, and seven aren't done. So, yeah. or written or released maybe. So, and none of these actors know how it's going to end. So, sh- But she was giving advice to actors and letting them know little things um, so that they could act and foreshadow, especially the directors. So I wonder if that played into it at all. Hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. And that's definitely plausible. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just yeah. nerding out. And it's just either way, it, it the, how it ended up on screen was right. rather disappointing. Yeah. Um well, what about your movie adaptation? For me, I mean I'll, you can I can nitpick a lot of things, but I I'll just say one particular is waiting until the end of the third movie to give Harry the firebolt from Sirius. I yeah. think really really changes the relationship between Harry and Sirius in mm-hmm. that book. Mm-hmm. So by the time the fourth one rolls around and Sirius is kind of in and out because he's hiding up in the cave as uh, as the dog, right? And as uh, Snuffles, I think that, that was the dog's name, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. And then and then the fifth and then he's such a big part of the fifth book, but you don't really you're supposed to think well 
by the time the fifth book rolls around, those of us who have read the books know how much how important Sirius right. is. But the movies don't really give that. Mm. I don't. I don't think that it gives because it's such a non part of the third. It's such a big part of the book. Him getting the firebolt. Yeah. Waiting until the very end to get it, and just it's just almost kind of like a throwaway right. scene where you go, oh it's cool he gets a firebolt and they move on. Right. And that was such a big part in terms of building the relationship between Sirius and, and Harry. Yeah. That's just one particular. Spoiler. I think I'm too biased to judge the relationship between Harry and Sirius on screen because I love that relationship so much from the books that when I read those parts, I'm really focused on those parts. I'm, I like those parts so much so that when I'm watching the movies, I have that context so it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't care about that relationship as much as I do and was just watching it on the screen, I would kind of feel that way as well. Yeah. Like this relationship isn't really that developed. But when I'm watching it, I'm thinking about everything but honestly when i watch the movies and it's been a while since i've read the book that's one thing i forget is that he gave him the broom in the middle of the book yeah. and anonymously didn't he yes, yes. Yeah. yeah anonymously yeah. yeah so when he finds out it was serious it's really special right he thought it was like mcgonagall right mm-hmm. or yeah. He, yeah he wasn't quite sure who, or who it was possibly dumbledore he yeah was like he, he was going with dumbledore i think the entire yeah. the yeah. entire third book and then at the end, he knows it's from Sirius. Right. And he un- when he unwraps it, and he's like, oh, look what my godfather gave me. Right. It's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that says something I think about Sirius. Like, not want, he doesn't care about Harry knowing that it's from him. He just did it just to be his godfather mm-hmm. without and, the recognition. And knowing that Harry needed the broom. Right. Because Harry goes and rides that firebolt to the only house cup that Harry ever won. Right. Which is crazy for how good of a seeker Harry was. He never got the only time he ever got beat was by Ced- Cedric Diggory. Yeah, and then but only once. But he always finds him. S- that's one of my. <laughs> that's one of the one things as a sports geek I wish she hadn't oh done gosh. was <laughs> that at every book one through six that he's at Hogwarts. Yeah, he doesn't get to play in the Quidditch in the Quidditch Cup final, which yeah. is really funny. A, other than three, which yeah. he ends up winning. Right. Yeah, it's kind of ironic. Why does that bother you? Because I wish he'd been able to play. I love He's reading the about star. the Quidditch. Yeah. Because well, then Jenny they won the they won the Quidditch Cup in the sixth book as Jenny. Um, Jenny wins it as Seeker. Right. Because yeah. he he was he was he couldn't play. Oh yeah. And then he kisses Jenny, and then they start a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, so we're uh, going to move on to question four here. Um, which is which character's death hit you the hardest? Megan. I kind of already answered that. Oh, uh, yeah. oh it was Snape. Oh yeah, okay. yeah or true. Snape, and then also Hedwig. Yeah, yeah. Hedwig, was Hedwig really hit me a lot harder yeah, than I expected. Came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, came out of nowhere, and I, it was so emotional. I mean, it's like losing your dog. She was protecting him. Um, in the movies, Hedwig was protecting him. Right. In the in the um in the in the books he gets a lot more like a lot lot less ceremonial death yeah um is it a boy uh Hedwig's a girl yeah okay her sorry i know yes, we Noob. got him we got him <laughs> <laughs> you're right Hedwig is a her uh-huh yeah i'm dumb um no like like he just kind of falls when haggard barrel haggard she, Bar- she. haggard and she's in her cage uh-huh and um Hag- Hagrid barrel bar- rolls, and uh, then she gets she gets hit with like with a killing curse. See, I'll say in the movie, I like that death better. Where she like 
throws she's herself trying. up to save Harry. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty mm. good. That's pretty good. Don't hate. But I mean it is good. No, I I huh? it's just not I said it's good, it's just I mean the death yeah. otherwise is her just Hedwig, dying no, in a cage. No, I but I think it works better with her dying in a cage because Hedwig is such a pure creature. Yeah. And she gets killed okay. in such a terrible way by these awful people. Mm-hmm. Which is and, why and, so. it, and it just shows like the totality of um of evil. Yeah. Right? They just you know, they killed this perfectly pure creature. Yeah. Um Moody dies there too, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that was a bummer. That's when Bendungus yeah. flies away. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Dirty man, dirty man. Um, the other, I t- so I put Sirius's death. Um, it's when you re- when I read it in the book, it's hard to imagine that part. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously in the movie, it's not how I imagined it. Mm-hmm. I do think they kind of took liberties as far as like the the gateway. I imagined more like a cloth covering the gateway that he falls into. That's how it was described, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Um, like, it wasn't like some mist that right. he just falls through, but. In the movie, I like it because what I like that they do is it's silent. It's not like it's like everything's quiet and you have that moment with Harry kind of watching it happen. <laughs> Don't hate, dude. I disagree. Why? Because it was so much better in the books. Why? Because he Harry's watching it happen and all of a sudden he sees him get hit, but he doesn't really know by what kind of curse mm-hmm. and he falls back through that you know tapestry mm-hmm. and he thinks Sirius is just going to come out the other side and he doesn't that's dumb <laughs> i don't know i think it's more powerful that way just personal what do you think personal preference no i don't like your preference <laughs> i mean i'm like like i'm an originalist right for sure so um and then i think lupin and tongs to death bums me out yeah because I think other than Sirius, Lupin is probably my, my second favorite character. Yeah, and then because he just doesn't know they're they're dead until he's walking down to go s- basically sacrifice himself, and he stops in the Great Hall and he sees Lupin and Tonks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Fred Weasley? Mm. Because yeah. he Fred had just you know made up with his brother Percy, like they have yeah. that reunion. Yes, and yeah, then that's and then right. like they're they're um they're sitting like they're sitting there watching you know guarding that corridor. And um, before it starts, like Percy, oh, Fred's there with a couple other fighters. Mm-hmm. And like he says to Harry, like, it's a good night for it. I think that just so sets the tone. Like, I love Fred. <laughs> right. Like, I love the Weasley twins. For sure. And they get hammered on because George loses his ear mm-hmm. and then Fred dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they just hammered on, <laughs> Rowling hammered on the Weasley twins. Well, she was going to kill uh, George? No. What's her dad's name? Arthur. Arthur. She was going to kill Arthur um, by Nagini, but she didn't and decided to kill Fred instead. Mm. Huh. Yeah. I'd never heard that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that either. That's interesting. I wonder yeah. how that would have that changed. That would have been a different kind of death. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. I noticed that none of us said Dobby. Oh. Even though that's one that I know many people are emotional about. <sighs> yeah. That's a bummer. I wasn't emotional about it. I you weren't? I didn't care. Honestly, mm. I know that's terrible. Well, that's another thing that the movies didn't do uh, didn't do well was portray Dobby. Right. So when he dies in the movies, it falls really For flat. Sure. Like you're not like, okay, why should I care about Dobby? I also think that if the you cared about Dobby to begin with, right? Yeah. I can't remember the the organization or whatever that Hermione starts. 
spew. Yeah, yeah. spew. It's not in the movie right. hardly at all. I but think that, they I think side mention it. That adds a whole element to Dobby's death. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And slavery with them. And house elves in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can get why Dobby's not really your cup of tea. Who like wouldn't be anybody's. I Just don't I didn't ginger. like him. I, I liked him. I, didn't. I, I really mean, didn't like his portrayal in the movies when oh he was beating gosh, himself no. up. Yeah. I literally used to skip those parts just because oh. I didn't like them at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just rewatched the second movie like before this, mm-hmm. and it, <laughs> those parts are, are so bad. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Why don't you like him? I just never really liked him that much. Mm. I not like as a like main character that I would care about dying immensely. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like, oh, he's dead. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just I had friends who were like freaking out, like yeah. and so sad, and I mm-hmm. was just like, well, okay, you know, hmm. maybe that. I don't know why I didn't like. Yeah, it, it could have been the movie spoiled it for me, honestly, because the second movie had come out before, you know, the book. Oh wait. So, do you watch it before you read it? No, I watched the second movie before I read the seventh book. Oh, oh. What? Say that again? <laughs> the second movie was out before the seventh book. Okay. Oh. And the second movie ruins Dobby for me. Right. Mm. So I'm wondering if that was part of my oh, okay, hesitation. Okay, got you, got you. That's all. I don't yeah, know yeah. for sure. I agree what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, Dobby's death for me in the in the movies wasn't as tragic as in really a lot of the other deaths and mm-hmm. like not even like i think colin creevy's death at the battle of hogwarts was more <laughs> emotional yeah. for me than than dobby um but you what said in the movie though sorry in the books okay in the books but uh dobby um what dobby's death does for harry can't be understated that's true. what i think true. i think that's what i was thinking of as far as the most important part of it is what it did to Harry. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it put it, it made Harry focus on his plan going forward because mm-hmm. right. he was waffling so much up to that point. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, it, he centers in, he goes and he figures out, like, he's talking about how important the order that he talks to Griphook or Ollivander mm-hmm. was yes. in terms of how he was going to do that. And mm-hmm. then he figures that out while he's, you know, digging Dobby's grave by right. hand. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, that part's emotional. I kind of want to jump to a question real quick. Okay, let's do it. And the and the question was, uh, what characters did you lo- or what character did you loathe? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, I put there's two characters at s- certain points. I cannot stand them, almost to the point where I don't want to read it anymore. Wow, and Not it's bad. Ron <laughs> and Harry. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Harry in the in the fifth book when he's super emotional. Yep. Okay, oh. and Ron in the fourth book when he's jealous of uh, no. Harry for being in the Triwizard Tournament. Ron in seven. Oh, yeah. when he yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like when b- he leaves. Yes, and when both are getting emotional, I'm so annoyed by it. I'm like, <laughs> I can't stand it. So I I wrote other characters that I don't like. I can't stand like Lucius and Vernon. Obviously, they bother me, and they're supposed to bother mm-hmm. you. But when I really think about it, it was those two in those parts unbearable for me like yeah. don't want to keep reading it was so annoying I, I only powered through just to find out how either of them stopped acting like a little bitch <laughs> it was so annoying yeah, to me the fifth book with harry was pretty 
it's was, rough. Was, was yeah. rough. Even when they have the Dumbledore's um, army meeting at the Hogshead, mm-hmm. and he's being like, he's sitting there brooding in the corner, yes. and he's like, I don't want to tell you about my stories. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, kill, I killed a basilisk, and you guys don't even care. <laughs> yes. You don't believe me. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, so that's yeah. why I wanted to jump to those, because I think that those are two characters that everybody loves. Obviously, they're the part of the Trinity, but gosh at certain points oh yeah i get it it. those two points i wouldn't say i loathe any character but those two characters at those two points i hate them Mm -hmm. i get that what about you i can't say i can think of anyone i particularly loathe i never really liked cho chang Uh, kind of a weird one i was just like i never was just like no get out you're boring like you don't care or just just like boring indifferent just they t- found her not interesting enough mm-hmm. to be a partner for Harry. Yeah. yeah. They tried to like they tried to play her up. Yeah. And then yeah, I yeah, I get the same the same feeling. Is Ginny worthy of Harry? She's interesting. Okay. She has character depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cho just Ginny's a badass. Dude. Oh, sorry, Harry. I actually said someone else said yes to someone else. Yeah. So okay. What yeah. what is that he says to uh when he finally gets the courage to ask? Cho to the dance. He's like Wango Ballweem. Wango Ballweem. He gets well. He asks her to. Like, he's like, "Can I talk to you?" Because mm-hmm, she's with her mm-hmm. friends, and they go yeah. in like this broom closet or mm-hmm. whatever. And he's like, "Wango Ballweem." <laughs> I don't know why I, I thought that was so. That. Instead of want to go so, to the ball with me. Yeah. 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 And it oh, comes out Wango Ballweem. That's amazing. <laughs> um, she's like, "No, I said yes to someone else. Sorry." Yeah. Like, dude, and she's totally interested, or was she? No, she kind I don't of think I think she was interested in his fame. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe then, that's why I don't like her. Well, okay. then she well she, she showed up for Dumbledore's army in the fifth, right? Yeah, but she was super emotional because of Cedric. Cedric, mm-hmm. and then like right before the hall, like Christmas break, and then she tries to make a move on Harry, kind of, but then she starts crying. Yeah, yeah, and then she shows up, and then she goes, and then then there's no like it goes. They go on a date, right? I think to yes, um, mm. Madame on Rosemary's. Valentine's Day. Yes, on mm. yep, yeah. When they go to Hogsmeade, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then that just compl- he said something because he was uh, anyway the whole thing. Blew he said up. something about going to meet Hermione, and she thinks he's like in love with Hermione, right. and gets all emotional. That's right. That's what I mean. It's just I just don't like her. I, she I just seems like fair. she's like fame chasing. Mm. She did show up though for the Battle of Hogwarts. That's true. Yeah. Who do you not like? Yeah. Uh, Umbridge. Umbridge uh, was mine. Well, yeah. I mean that's I mean that's a typical big for bad. sure. Yeah, that's one I didn't think of, but mm-hmm. she's a nasty woman. Yeah, I didn't. She is. <laughs> I didn't like um, if there was one you know that's not like a big bad, yeah. but someone who was annoying would be uh, uh, Seamus Finnegan. Ah, uh. because he doesn't believe Harry. Oh, and yeah. He like blames Harry for like a yeah. lot of the things that yeah. were going on, and like you know you're the reason why like my family is when they were originally friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would That's have to go answer. with Seamus. I like that. Yeah. Um, I like. Uh, there's another question on here. Ooh, that's a deep one. If you want to get into that one. Which one's that? Uh, what do you think um, Harry's purpose is? Yeah, this one came from Kylie because I was running out of questions. Like Kylie, what come up come up with a question, and okay. she's like, "What's Harry's purpose?" I was like, "Wow, way Whoa. to go! <laughs> really big right <laughs> off the bat." Yeah. So I, I have you guys thought about this particular question at all? I'm gonna say like I've kind of 
only half given mind. To I it. wrote uh, Dumbledore's bitch, JK. It had to be Harry. <laughs> I guess, like, what do you like? What was he? What, what was he fighting for at the beginning? He was just kind of, you know, he wanted to defeat. And in the first three books, you know, he wants to stop Snape. Like it's always Snape that he thinks, and ends right. up actually being Voldemort in the end. Yeah. Um, and then once the main story arc starts in four, it's like he knows what he kind of has to do, but it's Dumbledore guiding him. So what do you think? Do you think it was just a student pupil kind of like a, like a teacher pupil kind of a thing. And then all of a sudden, finally in the seventh book, it clicks for him. And he realizes that it's big. This whole thing is bigger than him. I, okay. So this is getting, this is going to get way too deep right here. So I always loved the, the choice of Neville and Harry. Mm-hmm. And to me, when Harry, it could have been either of them. Yeah. The and prophecy. I, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think that when it comes, when Harry realizes that because Voldemort went to his house that night and killed his parents and chose him, I think that not not necessarily that he knows the responsibility i mean i think that maybe there's an element of that but i think at that moment when he when you know that as the reader but also when harry knows that that decision by voldemort took any normality from harry away mm-hmm. he didn't have his parents he didn't have a normal childhood he was bullied the entire time by his cousin and then when you get a glimpse of somebody who cares about you who knew your parents who was best friends with your parents is then killed i think that continuously he is looking for something stability in some sense and it's constantly taking away, taken away and that that is what motivates him and he grows into having an, a larger understanding of the importance of everything okay yeah and i i think that kind of hits the nail on the head in terms of how i see it mm-hmm. what about you megan um i don't know specifically his purpose i mean i think that's fairly outlined by the prophecy as far as specificness we're going but i think the big point for for him at least was to realize first was for him to get to the point where he learns the prophecy and learns what his what you know what the limitations are and what he has inside of him and what what this means but then after that it's the fact when he figures out that you know he can't do it alone mm. and i think that is a big portion of it so yeah it is his purpose but he can't just do it just himself <laughs> it's not the harry show right you know the shows the books are called harry potter right but they're not just about Harry Potter doing these amazing feats. Well, and as a reader, you know that. You know that he cannot do it by himself. And I think that there's another part in the books. Maybe it's the same book. But when he's like, no, I'm cool. I got it. I'm going to do it on my own. Maybe it's seven even. It's at the end of six. It's at the, yeah. End he of says six. he's going to go off and he's right. not going back to school. And Ron and Hermione are like, uh, yeah, we're coming with you. Yeah. But as a reader, you're annoyed by that because you're like, dude, you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. I think I that like gets that. that gets back to what you said kind of at the beginning of, of this episode about the whole like the friendship yeah. and how important that was, like mm-hmm. and why you liked the the book so much. And that I think that is a big 
part of that friendship dynamic. Right. Yeah. They're like, we're going, we're going to drop out of school and go risk our lives right alongside of you. Right. Because mm-hmm. we, we also see the importance of this, of this mission. Yeah, and that's another one. It progresses through each book, each level. He's realizing more. It's not just this fight that I'm doing in this year. This is a battle for the rest of the world. Right. This mm-hmm. is defeating evil in this form. When he con- and he constantly says, like, I'm, I don't want you to come with me because I want to protect you. And then basically everybody's saying, like, you can't protect everybody. Right. This is our choice to make. Right. And we're coming with you. I th- yeah, I, I, I like, I like that, that a lot. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that maybe that's why Ron acting that way bothers me so much. Because you have everybody constantly fighting to be by Harry's side the entire time. And then when he finally is like, okay, I'll let you guys help me. And then he's like, I'm mad at you guys. <laughs> he leaves. Yeah. Well, you got to remember he had, um, he was mostly affected. The mo- He was affected most by the locket. Right. So, right. I mean, that had, he had, but he, I think Ron has, you see it throughout the books though too. Ron is always kind of jealous of Harry because he's what the, the youngest son in a family of seven kids. Yeah. yeah. So he's constantly always feeling marginalized. Mm-hmm. And then when he's in the shadow of Harry, I could see how yeah. o- over time, how that could become, sure. you know, almost unbearable for a character like Ron. And the locket plays on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially with Hermione. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, because when Ron's about to kill it with the sword, when he finally comes back, mm-hmm. it's when the soul of Voldemort that's in the locket manifests. Right. It's of Harry and Hermione, like, kissing and, like, making fun of Ron together. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah, that seems cool. Yeah, it's super good. Um. How did the Dursley's relationship with Harry shape his personality? I thought that was an interesting question. Yeah. Why'd you write that? I ask that because I think it, in order to understand like Harry's attachment to the wizarding world, I think you have to understand the, the hardships that he went through with um, the Dursleys mm-hmm. and how, like, if he had grown, I think if he had grown up in the wizarding world being constantly told, how much of a star he was mm-hmm. and pampered by the wizarding world everywhere he went people would you know buy him stuff and he grew up being told that he was this you know slayer of the worst you know uh slayer of the worst you know wizard that the world had ever seen mm-hmm. and does that then drive harry to want to protect that world as much as if he'd grown had he grown up with the oh. dursleys and con- not being attached to anything, constantly feeling like, you know, up to his first 11 years of life thing, like he really had nothing, you know, tangible in his life. There right. nobody cared about him. He was living in a broom cupboard. Right. And all of a sudden he's given, he's given this, the whole, this whole new world that he'd never, you know, he'd never known about mm-hmm. and how much he loves that world and how much he always wants to be at Hogwarts. Hogwarts is his home. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, has a family, you know, quasi family with Ron and Hermione and the, and the Weasleys mm-hmm. and, um, how, and like that just drives him so much more to want to fight for that mm-hmm. and protect it. Because I think it, it does show up in his constant field to, to want to protect those around him. Mm-hmm. So when he makes that sacrifice at the end yeah. uh, of the seventh book, like that allows um, 
that magic that then happens that it protects everybody around him how Voldemort's spells wouldn't you know bind right. the people he mm-hmm. was hitting because Harry made that same sacrifice out of love that his mom mm. made and I, does he love the wizarding community and the wizarding world and Hogwarts and all those around him if he doesn't grow up with the Dursleys being separated it being separated from it throughout the early formative years of his life that's where I was yeah. That's what I was thinking about when I came up with that question. You just wanted to answer it that I think way. that's <laughs> the answer for it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. No, I think that's, that's good. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the last question that you have on here is kind of funny. When you turned 11 years old, did you secretly hope to get a letter from Hogwarts, Megan? I mean, obviously, <laughs> but. So I, I but you know, I've been asked if you were end up chosen to a house or sorted into a house what house do you think you'd be in uh ravenclaw why uh so i'm in super overachiever extremely Mm -hmm. organized um very focused on you know obviously studying like you've seen me in school Mm -hmm. i mean come on (laughs) yeah (laughs) dude history club does nothing without your organization it's like I'm definitely Ravenclaw. I used okay. to think that I'd be Gryffindor, but that's a total lie. Okay. Definitely. I like that. You can admit that. Yeah. Jake. Ravenclaw is a good house. No, yeah, I'm it not is. I'm not, not saying it's bad. But she's recognizing like her personality and kind of the types that sure. go there. That's but I mean, cool. everybody who reads Harry Potter probably at one point like would like to think of themselves as a yeah, Gryffindor. Yeah. 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 Hmm. What about you? Um. Well... I would have liked to have been in Gryffindor. Okay, <laughs> but once again, I took the pot. I took the Pottermore quiz. Yeah. On and it sorts you into the house. Well, my sister, who's a huge Harry Potter fan, um, as much of a nerd as as I am, uh-huh. is she she took it first mm-hmm. and got Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. And I was making fun of her, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you ended Uh-oh. up in Hufflepuff." Well, when I took it, I ended up in Hufflepuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so, amazing. So I would, I think I would, I would be in, I'd be right. in Hufflepuff. I don't ever, I don't think I ever took it. You should. Yeah, I should do it. It's like 30 seconds. Yeah, it's fun. And then like you can take like what kind of wand you would get. Yeah. Yeah. Some people hate me because whenever they ask me that question, my response is I wouldn't go to Hogwarts. (laughs) Where would you go? Evil Morning, School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. In the United States? Yeah, duh. That's where I live. MAGA, bro. Fair enough. (laughs) You're You're no fun. But like no, legitimately though, like and I was like, you know, Thunderbird, the House of Thunderbird. Also, by the way, I want to clarify that. Okay, okay. nerd. What? I did some research. <laughs> it started as a homeschool. And you Is- can take a quiz to see which house would be there too. See, I should do that. And Islot started it. She was uh, a witch. Mm-hmm. Her husband was a nomad, and oh. they started the school. See, I hate. Th- I actually read that origin story. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Even though, yeah, I like um, the new. Uh, yeah, we definitely Fantastic have to talk oh, about this. Oh, let's talk about Beasts. this, yeah. I like the Fantastic Beasts, but I hate the Nomadge. Oh, why? The word? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. No. It's muggle or nothing. No, in, in England and in Europe, it's muggle. Okay, then come up with something better than Nomadge. Yeah, Nomadge is dumb. I well, agree. Well, I mean, I she's, like she's the goat. She's going to say Nomadge. If she says Nomadge, it's Nomadge. She didn't write. She didn't completely write. Not completely, but... I mean, I'm sure she has ultimate say. Mm. So, tell him. This tell comes him. to Cursed Child and Fantastic Beast discussion. 
Okay. Um, I'm excited for this. We kind of yeah. had a talk we before had you a, got here. Yeah, short. I was short. like, you have to tell him. So I didn't watch Fantastic Beasts until February of this year. Just like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You waited a while. Um, Why it not? It came out and I said, no, I like the originals. That's all that I care about. I'm not going to watch it. I bet it's not good. Because <laughs> um, I'm pretentious like that. Uh, I also haven't read The Cursed Child. I refuse. Yeah, um, I read what it's about, and I think it sounds stupid because I really liked the ending of the books, and mm-hmm. I don't think there needs to be more. Right. Um, yep. The story ends. Don't keep myself. going. Yeah. But then I watched Fantastic Beasts, and I absolutely loved it, and I'm totally pissed at myself. I'm very excited for the second one. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's great because okay, my first point about Fantastic Beasts, it's fantastic because I can finally watch a Harry Potter movie without being upset because it's not tied to source material. Right. Yeah. The Cursed Child is fan fiction, and that's all I have to say about yeah. that. It's and I hate awful. fan fiction. Did you read it? No, Kylie read it, and I got the gist of it, and it's awful. I only got the gist from you. It's and lazy writing, okay? Yeah. It's like the th- the time turner in the third book kind of makes sense. Right. I get it in that, con- in that context, mm-hmm. but literally the entire story is in the cursed child from what i understand yeah once again i haven't read it right is it's all centered around the the time turner which is just lazy writing in my opinion mm. it's like they have like this massive powerful object mm-hmm. that's almost acts i mean it and they just use it too much mm. the, the writer the writer uses it way too much of, of a cr- as a crutch hmm. because harry's son who is super emotional about being put in slytherin mm-hmm. and goes back in time to save cedric diggory because what yeah no and so it completely changes the entire (laughs) events to where voldemort wins the battle of hogwarts Uh uh-huh and like harry's dead so this kid doesn't even exist right and it's and then so like harry ends up having to come in the at the end and save the whole thing and they rewrite it they go back again and then make sure history worked out the exact same and everything is you know perfect they have, to, they have to use a turn time turner apparently like three or four different times. Isn't it written like um, like a script? It's written as a screenplay. Ugh. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Nope. Um, and I don't, for the life of me, I can't figure out why Rowling endorsed it as the official eighth book. Her biggest mistake. So if you don't like fan fiction, you don't read the Pottermore stuff either? Or do you read some of it? I read some of it. Yeah. 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 That's one thing that I get frustrated with is when I take like Harry Potter quizzes and they go off stuff on Pottermore. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, this is not. It's no. This it's is not the originals. This is not. This is not the content. <laughs> this is extra content. It should not be part of a quiz. Yeah, I, I feel I, the exact same. I <laughs> love Fantastic Beasts <laughs> because it's history. Yeah. And it's before oh, Harry. Oh, I'm so excited for the second one. Oh my! Can't even, dude. I saw. I saw a picture of Dumbledore with um young newt and i almost lost it i'm so excited because that's even further back Mm -hmm. and the more we can get further back the more i'm hyped about it it's gonna be good it's gonna be so good what do you think that what's that that creature that ends up like going up into the clouds and it rains down the um uh basically that memory wiper the memory wiper yeah you know rain did it die did it like sacrifice itself to do that, or did it just like fly off? I think it did just it flew off. I didn't think it was sacrificing itself. Yeah, okay, because I didn't see it after that. Too deep, bro. But too I mean, deep. it was the end of the movie. Fair enough. So then that guy is well, just maybe. that no match is just supposed to be chilling with Newt again. Yeah, I know that in the in the previews he's back. Yeah, he had his memory wiped, but now he's back. Yeah. No match. 
I can't get. I just can't get past. Okay, that. you called it the Rose Garden, or oh you called gosh. it the Moda Center. Well, it's just. T- Were that's you in that what class? What it's called? <laughs> Were you in that class? I don't think what? Pacific Northwest history. I think I was in yeah, that class with I you went guys. On a rant about but I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's the same thing. You don't call it the Moda Center. If you call it the Moda Center, I say no match. But that's what it's called now. Yeah, that's what they're called. No match. I'm not questioning. It's what it's, that called it's called on a map. What I else are we <laughs> supposed to call it? I don't question that it's called Nomadge. Right. I just think it's dumb. Just like you think Moda Center is dumb. How can you think it's dumb, dude? You're in America. It's not. No, it's just <laughs> come up with something better. <laughs> dude. Okay. Does Isn't that fitting? Come up with something better. All right. Fair, right. Fair enough. Okay. They're Nomadge. Um. It does sound less derogatory than muggle. Oh, that's an interesting hmm. I never thought perspective. of that. Yeah. I agree. Because muggle is pretty I, derogatory. I agree. You know, but nomadge is pretty much just descriptive. I will say okay. the social I may have changed my mind. undertones <laughs> throughout her books mm-hmm. I think are awesome. Oh, yeah. In what way? Uh, Mudblood. Yeah, filthy, racism, everything yeah. along those lines. I picked those out a lot more listening this last summer than when oh. I read them before. Why do you think that is? Because I've been in college. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just reading it differently. I, that's what I think. Okay. I mean, I don't think it has to do with the listening. I just that was just the way that I right. read them right. that time. But you, I think it's going to school makes you question right. and look for those things a lot in stories. Whereas before, I was reading them more for the stories. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I'd, as a kid, I never tied the whole mudblood thing to racism, but no. it's definitely more prevalent. On I think I did. Mm. But but how old were you again when you started them? I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, I think it was like Super sixth young. grade, seventh yeah. grade. I was in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. same. So I just no. older and wiser kids. And and I don't know <laughs> if that was ever talked about as much when. We were young anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like it's so much more prevalent in today's society. Like a kid growing up in elementary school probably has, I would imagine curriculum would have to bring it up just because there's so much um, open tension right now. Right. I had a lot of education as far as racial issues in my third grade a lot of education in there really like we looked a lot at civil rights in the 1960s in the third grade yeah wow like i didn't get that at all like people being hosed down like we saw a video of it in third grade and also my teacher was japanese american and she did a whole unit on internment in third grade yeah that's insane so i don't know if maybe okay I mean, it's there, dude. You just got to go to Portland to get that real education, bro. All right. Three <laughs> days three days a week and you're out in May. What? Isn't that what, isn't that how they're, like, they don't have, they can't fund their schools? I didn't go. <laughs> I just Fair went enough. for a little bit in third grade and got some real education. Well, you always hear, like, they having to close their schools, like, months or, like, a month early because they can't afford to fund it. That's what I'm saying. That's why you got to hammer that racial tension in third grade. <laughs> got to push everything We don't forward. got time for this in seventh and eighth grade. We got to get down quick. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, anything else we want to talk about? Any anything else? I think that's good. All right. 
All right. Well, Megan, thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, and thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And subscribe, like, and share the podcast. And also, if you have feedback, whether positive or negative, please share it with Jake and I. Please. Honestly, <laughs> like I, I, I talk to everybody and I don't get anything from pe- back from people. So. I've got some feedback and I do appreciate it. Um, as long as it's constructive. Um, but we do do this for ourselves, but we like it when you guys listen. So keep listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 I solemnly swear that I am up to no good.